Welcome to In Betwixt, a seasonal podcast for complex beings exploring the in-betweens of channeling, identity, and psychology. I'm your host, Solasta McIntyre, therapist, witch, and founder of Full and Plenty Joy, an interdisciplinary therapeutic practice offering care and guidance to sensitive perfectionists. Each season, I dive deep with a fellow non-binary healing practitioner to share concepts, experiences, and practices that grow your spiritual connection and somatic sensing to complement your therapeutic journey. Want your own special guide as the days grow short and a new year dawns? Take my quiz, Which Tarot Card is Your 2023 Guide at fullandplentyjoy.com slash channeling. From Samhain to Solstice, join me and this season's guest, Vanessa Murchie, apprentice of the wind and creator of a wave of light. Together, we'll illuminate all the ways you are magic too. Halloween, gentle, magical listener. May this descent into darkness guide you closer to who you are and where you're from so you may move from a rooted place down your unique path. In our very first episode, you will hear Vanessa's story into becoming a channeler, the sacredness of non-binary expression, and a live death card reading from yours truly. A what card reading? Yes, friends, a death card reading. Death is such a taboo subject. Our human brains are literally wired to keep us away from our ultimate fate, even when we're not actually in danger. Our culture villainizes the dark, the witch, the woods, the afterlife, all things immaterial and unseen. Many even fear the death card itself in the tarot, taking its meaning literally when it's actually symbolic. Symbolic of transformation, of the butterfly having turned into goo, reformed in its cocoon, and finally burst out back into the air, onto the land, and allows its new wings, a new embodiment, to dry and prepare to fly. Samhain is for respecting the dead, the ancestors, those who came before, and those who are still with us in another form, invisible, material, land, plant, sound, shapeshifters. With endings like death come beginnings like life. And so, this death card reading is to support you and who you are becoming as we move into the new year. What shadows are you being asked to face in order to break free from this cocoon? What care do you need after 
And where will you soon fly towards when the time is right? This is a collective reading for our collective liberation. Because when we face our shadows and step into the totality of who we truly are, we create so much more space for our world to heal and others to do the same. Because ultimately, we are one and there is no I. The death card is the second to last card in the death spiral, a seven card journey in the majors where we release, shed, grieve so much so that we may take new form and move into the final leg of the 21 card journey, the third spiral, the rebirth spiral, where we learn our journey is not so much about us, actually. It's about all of us. We need each other. We are each other. We must care for each other. When I take care of myself, I take care of you. When I take care of you, I take care of myself. An infinity loop of inherent worth and connection as humans, as beings, as things existing on this planet in this moment right now. A sacredness and such richness to explore. So, after hearing Vanessa's story, you will hear a story, a reading, just for you in betwixt listeners, from my three favorite decks. I hope you enjoy. Grab your brooms and here we go. Welcome, Vanessa. I'm so excited to finally have this conversation together um, around channeling and being in betwixt and the third and really demystifying a lot of that I even idea of what is channeling or who is a channeler and all of those pieces. So just, yeah, grateful to have you here today. Mm, thank you so much, Celeste. It feels so good to be here. And I, I feel like this conversation is going to be of great value to wherever anybody may find themselves on their journey at this moment of time as it relates to channeling. Yes, yes. And I was wondering, just starting off, if you could sort of paint a picture for us of, you know, Vanessa, who is just about to discover channeling and how you experience and conceptualize that to Vanessa today, who is offering their work to the world. Mm, thank you so much. Um, I would say my before picture would be this restless longing for more and mm. an ache to viscerally sense the connection that's all around me to taste the invisible and to breathe it into being and this phantom touch that was unable to be held um a relentless desire to meet myself but unsure how to introduce who I am and how to engage yeah. in a conversation with the divine so that's like the before picture for me um who I am now connected, I would say uh, open hands that I recognize as my own, uh, the vastness of the sky, 
dewdrops on grass and the nomadic embodiment of the stories of my ancestors an initiate (laughs) an initiate of the wind and the sirens oh my god wow I'm just taking that in for a moment wow just like the poetry of what you're describing an initiate of the wind and um I I was curious what you were speaking about when you were first about like just about to come into that space of channeling you're talking Mm -hmm. about like this like phantom touch around you and for some reason that really struck me or like resonated with me so I was wondering if you could share more about that oh yeah I think especially before it was this sense of knowing that there was more, but unsure of how to hold it, to come into contact with it, Mm. to encounter, to meet it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like that's so, I have definitely experienced that and feel like it's a pretty common experience, especially almost in this, you know, we are in this society that's so like, you have to see it to believe it. You know, you got to hold it in your hands. And if you can't, then it's not real and it doesn't hold value. And like, you're just crazy, you know, or like to that kind of extreme often. But -hmm. at the same time, you know, people are struggling and they're always looking for that, you know, that meaning or that connection or that thing, whether it's through a relationship or through a job or through a religion or through something and, and, but still feeling this sense of disconnection or like confusion or non-believing. And so I, yeah, I appreciate you naming that experience of I know that there's something more out there Mm. than what is right here that I can touch and, and see with my eyes, but I don't know how to make contact with that. Mm, Yeah. I feel like you articulated that so well, and it really is an interesting experience. And I think about getting goosebumps or having chills um, and just that concept of, feeling like something is reaching out to you, but you don't know how to locate the energy. Mm -hmm. Would you be willing to share at all? Like what either, uh, you know, an instance that comes to your mind or Mm -hmm. specific times where you have experienced that, like you feel something reaching out to you and either not sure how to make contact with it or you do make contact with that just Mm. your experience with that feeling of like oh is I mean people all the time was like is this a symbol or is this a coincidence yes I love that so much I feel like I'm really um I become deeply mesmerized by experiences that might seem simple and insignificant but something that comes to mind for me especially when I was younger was just my connection to trees and how I couldn't place that and I would talk to my sister she's like four years younger than me I'd be like you gotta feel this tree (laughs) just come come closer yeah can you feel that 
And she'd be like, ah, uh, kind of. And I was like, I can really feel it. Wow. Like I'm sensing something from this tree and I had no idea what it was. And as I grew, as I chose to grow that capacity to sense and to be in relationship, Mm-hmm. with the invisible mm-hmm. I actually started to discern trees that did not want to be touched did mm-hmm. not want me to come closer um, and build that form of communication where I was like oh this you're saying no okay that's cool that's mm-hmm. no problem <laughs> yes yes okay tree boundaries <laughs> yeah wow exactly. that makes so much sense mm. Like, of course, not every tree wants to be touched. My bunny does not always want my pets. For I real. don't always <laughs> want hugs from people. That just, yeah, wow. Right? And that consent, too, of yes. energy as well. I feel like that's such a big part of it. Did you run into any, like, struggles or, like, reactions from, like, the world around you when you know you're a child and feeling these like senses or even like through adulthood of like kind of knowing your relationship with the unseen but again kind of other people maybe not feeling in that way or Mm. just yeah any kind of challenges to may either building or maintaining your connection with that um like other world Absolutely. I feel like it's such an intimate experience. And because we're conditioned to have this disbelief Mm -hmm. in our intuition or in things that we cannot provide explicit evidence for, right? um, that really influences our ability to trust ourselves and to feel like we can trust others when sharing. Yes. I think that there can be a comparative energy of, oh, you saw that, so I need to see in that way, or that's not happening for me. Is there something wrong with me? And this, um, we begin to like target ourselves in the process as well. And I had to be really aware of that, of being like, am I creating a container where I can truly craft a relationship that feels fulfilling um, and regenerative for me, or am I trying to duplicate something Mm. that, that looks like the pathway. So I've got to go in that direction. Right. And it it definitely like with friends and stuff and with family, I was always like the sensitive one in my family. It was always like, Vanessa's so sensitive. You're too sensitive. Oh my God. (laughs) I fucking hate that so much right there with you. Not surprising at all. (laughs) And it was really, so I kind of had this like belief system, like subconscious that I eventually started to unearth that I felt like my sensitivity was a burden and I had to uh, reframe that and shift that if I wanted to communicate and receive Mm -hmm. without that filter of wrongness. Yes. Yes. I'm curious what has like helped you with that kind of uh, looking at those kind of wirings from that oh you're too sensitive or what are you talking about or you still believe in that like kind of vibes like Mm -hmm. what has helped you with addressing that and letting it go so that you can actually trust yourself and uh, validate yourself and what you're connecting to and feeling and and really root into it and expand it out 
Mm, that's such a great question. I would say honoring the sacredness of the experience. I feel like in the beginning, I was just so eager for validation. It's uh-huh. like, I experienced this really beautiful thing. So I want to share with you. And on some level, I'm looking to you to confirm that to me. So I'm abdicating my power yes. and I'm using you as like this authority figure. And I had to be like, you know what? Um, just like when you're deepening a relationship with somebody that you care about, that's another human being. If they tell you something that's like really intimate, you just like, don't go and tell the whole world that thing. <laughs> right. Um, and that's kind of what I started to do. I was like, I'm going to hold this as sacred and deep in my relationship, um, like with my ancestors, with my guides, um, being in the Akashic records and like holding that as like precious and not Mm. just, it's like an image that comes to mind is that you have this beautiful treasure Mm -hmm. and you're just like, here, take it. It's actually, um, not everybody is prepared to hold that oh, or can yes. for whatever reason, you know? Right, right. Yeah, like everyone has their capacity. Everyone has their own like trauma cocktail. They're doing the best they can. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes me really think of like my experience with gender, actually, like what mm-hmm. you're talking about of like people, you know, for whatever reason, not always having capacity to hold the the fullness of someone's being especially as like a non-binary gender expansive person that's not like trying to become male (laughs) like I'm just being I'm just existing you know and what you're speaking of of that actually holding the sacredness of it and not feeling like you have to get validation from other people in order to exist or feel the that connection to the divine I've definitely experienced that as it relates to you know being embodied in my gender and Mm. realizing oh actually like this is like not even just gender just my whole self like actually this is sacred and like I work on this with my therapist of like oh don't need to like give my whole self to every single person that I meet, especially right off the bat. Like, actually, this is sacred and there needs to be, you know, signs and trust and built to show that you kind of deserve to experience the infinite prismatic rainbow magic. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I love that. gentle listener. I hope you enjoyed the beginning of our conversation with Vanessa. It is time for your death card reading. I invite you to find a comfortable space if you're able to really let the messages flow over and into you to be with you. But if you also like to do things and receive information, you're very welcome to do so as well. If you want to deepen into the reading with your own intuitive channeling abilities, which we all possess, I invite you to grab your favorite card deck or card decks and see if you have any impulses to pull cards in response to the cards that I pull. 
always following the impulses of the body, what you sense in the space all around you. Lastly, I invite you, if you would like, to grab a candle and light it. One of my favorite ways to cleanse my card decks is um, holding them, you know, in a safe distance above a candle's flame and singing a little song that I made to help cleanse the cards. So sit back, relax, have your tools, or just you here, and let's get on with this Samhain 2022 death card reading just for you. Okay, so we're pulling first from the Animal Spirit deck, and this card symbolizes where we are. Where we are right now. As we begin to move into the dark half of the year, through the Samhain portal, into the thinning of the veil, may this card shed light on where we are in this moment so we may be in touch with ourselves. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. So we have the elephant. So the elephant card is the most evolved card in the animal spirit guidebook in the fire suite. There's four elements, earth, water, wind, fire, and then of course fifth, the spirit. And the elephant is the final on the fire journey. I'll read to you its message. unstoppable, auspicious, and wise. The elephant is arguably the most auspicious figure in the deck. The elephant represents immense wisdom, good fortune. It is the great destroyer of obstacles. If you're feeling stuck, rest assured that the path will soon become clear. And adding to this mystery... This animal is known to create obstacles in order to steer us in the right direction. Sounds very Saturnian Saturn return to me. Trust this gentle, noble creature because it illuminates the way of light, of self-knowledge. In order to bring the elephant into balance, we need trust. And when that is out of balance, we misunderstand where we're going. So the elephant, as you in this moment, is a powerful force. Maybe you know that, maybe you don't, but you are. And the elephant, its beautiful gift to us is the shadows that it puts in front of us, the hardships, the obstacles, the cocoon of the butterfly that we must break through in order to become and fly away. So right now, in this moment, maybe you feel this. Maybe it feels too overwhelming and you have to push it away. But it's here. And so we are asked to honor our power in this moment. Asked to honor all that we have been through. All that we are still in. This is the moment we are in. Face to face, with our power, with the obstacles, and with 
the opportunity, capability, and destiny to move forward on our path. But what about the shadows? What are they? What actually are the obstacles? So now we'll be pulling from the Rider-Waite-Smith deck to understand where we might be out of balance, where we might be asking to transform, face, and integrate because we never reject our shadow parts. We hold them with love, care, understanding, reverence, so that they don't act out in weird ways in our life. Okay. Okay, so it pulled three cards. The Two of Wands, the Hermit, and the Ten of Pentacles. So... With the shadows we're being asked to face, we have quite a combination right here. With the Ten of Pentacles, this is at the end of the Ten Pentacles suite, the Ten a Harvest card, and it's really all about having been in your work for some time and being asked to face that actually your work is meaningful. Actually, you are feeding the people around you. Actually, you are... Um, capable, wise, knowledgeable, all of these things. And so you are being asked to up-level, being asked to share your work, your contribution, who you authentically are more with the world, with their community, to really do what the elephant asks, to trust in yourself, in your capability, in your gifts, in your path, in your calling. And what is standing in the way of affirming that work for yourself in trusting yourself that you are enough, that you have a unique contribution, and that people, whether you know them intimately or not, are benefiting from that? How can you stay in connection with that lifeblood that you're feeding back out into the spider's web of community? Trust it, build it, keep going. Another shadow to be faced so they can come through into who you really are is the hermit. The hermit is the ninth card. It's actually my soul card, so I know it quite well. And the hermit here, when asked to face as a shadow, are the ways in which we might sometimes over-isolate ourselves from community because we are giving so much all of the time. We need to find balance with this. We must find our ways to go to the top of our mountain, our sanctuary, and be with spirit and get the messages and feel into our body and take care of ourselves and reflect and integrate and do all of that solo internal work so that we actually can be the element elephant, powerful and in its purpose and on its path so that we can be the ten of pentacles, up-leveling our worth, contributing it to community. The hermit asks you to go to the mountain to take care of yourself, get the messages, be with spirit, and also to not just stay there, to come back into connection, into community, again, to affirm 
the messages, the teachings, the understandings, the life lessons that you have gained and share them humbly and preciously with those around you so that they may glean the parts that are useful for them on their journey. The hermit is the spiritual teacher. What are the ways in which you dismiss your own inner teacher, that you are a teacher, that you have something to offer and provide folks? What are the ways in which you don't take enough time for yourself to replenish, to really be in deep self-study with you and spirit as your guide? That is the offering of this shadow, the hermit. And finally, the two of wands, another shadow, another place to break through. Here we have a figure holding the world in their hands, gazing out into the environment. Here we're being asked to dream, to imagine what the possibilities are. Do you allow yourself to dream? Do you allow yourself to believe that there is something more that you can hold in your hand tangibly and intangibly? The two of wands is asking to pause and imagine, to feel your feet sturdily on the ground, breathe it up into your heart as a solid foundation and let your dream of what your work can be in the world manifest. And not in some like annoying way, in a truly affirmed, self-choosing, embodied way. This is the wand suite. The wand suite is all about choosing yourself. This is the second card in the wand suite. So it's really a foundational piece. When I choose myself, when I choose my dreams, I become a teacher. I become a wise um, offerer, the hermit, where I know how to take care of myself and give back to community. Again, that infinity loop, which then bleeds into the 10 of pentacles, really trusting in the work that it is here to serve, that I have something to offer. So with the elephant and these three cards of shadows that come up with becoming, we have one final card from the living altar deck. And what I love about this deck is that it has a spell associated with each of the cards. So I'm going to read to you this spell. This spell, you can sing it, you can read it, you can keep listening to it. But this is your integration card. This is what's on the other side, the benefits, the opportunity of facing the shadow, of breaking through the cocoon, and stepping into your power as the elephant. <sighs> ha! Surrender! Wow! So... In the Living Altar deck, it's very much based off the Witch's Wheel. And at the center of the Witch's Wheel is Source, is, you know, uh, the universe, is complete interconnectedness with one another. And so in being with that infinitely powerful energy that exists already within us and all around us, 
is the surrender card, surrendering to who we truly are, surrendering to what is and isn't in our control, surrendering to our own unique abilities to connect with the unseen and channel in the messages so that we may do our sacred work in the world, whether that's in a, you know, uh, witchy spiritual way or those are just teachings that fuse into who you are in your everyday life in your work in your community the surrender card is integrating all of this together and so in finishing this reading i read to you the surrender card from the living altar oracle card deck for the radical witch I trust myself to ask for what I need. I trust myself to tend to my relationship to spirit. I trust myself to create a foundation of trust and intimacy with life strong enough to hold me as I grow. Track your attachments and responses to the situation. Sometimes change is outside of your control. Have you assessed your intentions? Are you taking the necessary steps to move forward? Trust in your efforts. Breathe it in. Let it simmer down into your torso, into the belly, into the legs, down through the feet. This message of trust. When we surrender, we trust. Might sound counterintuitive because who likes surrendering? I know I don't as a sensitive perfectionist. But actually, when we surrender is when all of the juice, all of the messages, all of the clarity comes through and we feel peace. We are embodied. We are in touch with all the parts of ourselves and then we can move authentically from the impulse is in our body to move. So I invite you, gentle listener, as we continue on this journey on in betwixt through the end of the year to build trust with your body with your way of connecting with the unseen, with spirit, with guides, with land, with ancestor, with who you truly are and what your unique contribution is to the world. Trust, trust, trust. Take care. Thanks for listening to In Betwixt. This podcast is hosted on Anchor and available wherever you get your pods. You can find resources and links from this episode in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and subscribe. If you're loving this pod, leave a review to be entered to win a free 2023 year ahead card reading with me, Salasta McIntyre. And remember to go to fullandplentyjoy.com slash channeling to find out your own 2023 guiding tarot card. If you'd like more individualized support, I'd love to help. Learn more at fullandplentyjoy.com. This podcast is produced by Lucky McIntyre, edited by Vi Sefo, 
with music by Christopher Etheridge. Let's vibe out to the rest of his beautiful song, To You From Within. See you next on In Betwixt. Slanchava! Slanchava!